Uh, welcome to Bible class here at Agape Apostolic Faith Assembly, the Father's Church. So excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Um, so excited to be with you, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, um, also, all of uh, anybody who's tuning in, perhaps not a member, welcome. Welcome to our services here. Welcome to Bible class. We pray that the Lord bless and you receive something from this service tonight. Amen. Um, even though that you, uh, you're not in the house of the Lord tonight, I would encourage you, uh, whatever, uh, wherever you are, to turn that into your place of worship. Um, so treat it just like you would. If you were sitting in the house of the Lord, I invite you to get your Bibles out. Amen. Um, try to limit distractions around you. Amen. And let's see what thus saith the Lord tonight. Is that all right? Um, it's all right. Amen. Um, so let's open up tonight with a word of prayer. Um, please bow your heads together with me. Pray with me at home, at work, wherever you are. Um, let's go to God together in prayer. Amen. Lord God, we come before you. Thank you and praise you, O God, for your goodness, your tender mercy, your loving kindness, and your grace. Thank you, O God, because you are God and you are God alone. Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you. Hallelujah, Lord God, for this opportunity, the opportunity that you have given us. Hallelujah, Lord God, to come into this house tonight. Lord God, the opportunity that you have given us, Lord God, to be over the airway tonight. Hallelujah, Lord God. We praise you. Hallelujah, Lord God. We praise you, Lord God, that you still made an opportunity. Hallelujah, Lord God, for your word to be heard. Hallelujah, Lord God. We ask, oh God, that you speak to us on tonight. Sweet, merciful Savior. Hallelujah, Lord God, that you speak a word to our hearts and to our spirits. Oh God, that you encourage us through your word. Help us grow and improve and learn in your word tonight. Hallelujah, Lord God. We ask, oh God, that my voice be silent. Hallelujah, Lord God, as a vessel only. Hallelujah, Lord God. And you speak to us. Speak a word to us on tonight. Hallelujah, Lord God. We want to feel your anointing in your presence, in your house. Hallelujah, Lord God. Tonight, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you. Hallelujah, Lord God. Bless all those, Lord God, that are down, all those that are sick, all those that are shut in, Lord God. Send your anointing. Hallelujah, Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus. Every household, every person under the weather. Hallelujah, Lord God. Every person suffering. Lord God, we pray for healing. Hallelujah, Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, and we praise you for what you've already done. Hallelujah, Lord God. We praise you for what you're doing right now. We praise you, oh God, for what you will do. And it's in your great name that we pray and your great name that we believe in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Amen. And amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. And everybody ought to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. We're going to go ahead and get started um, in the word of the Lord tonight. We want to thank and praise the Lord, like I mentioned, just for the opportunity to be in God's house, the opportunity to be with you um, tonight via live stream. We praise the Lord for that. Um, thanking the Lord uh, for our bishop, our leader here at this house. We thank the Lord for good leadership. Amen. We thank the Lord for steering our ship, how God blesses him and directs him and keeps him. Oh, we thank the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord God, for all the ministers, all the people in God's house, all the children of the Lord. Hallelujah. All my brothers and sisters in Christ. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord with you tonight. So let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles. We're going to a very familiar passage of scriptures. Um, Genesis chapter number 11. 
I'll give you a minute to turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter number 11. We're going to start at verse number 29. Genesis chapter number 11, verse number 29 is where we're going to begin tonight. We're going to be talking about uh, Abraham tonight. We're going to use Abraham as our example. Very, very familiar, familiar uh, patriarch here in the Bible. Uh, and for a subject tonight, uh, we're going to use our life journey through faith. Our life journey through faith. Amen. Um, Genesis chapter number 11, verse number 29. The other thing uh, going along right along with that subject of our life journey through faith is something that God laid in my spirit, and I hope that you can get it down in your heart tonight, is that God sees our greatness despite our failures. God sees your greatness. He sees the greatness that is in you despite your failures. Amen? Uh, so Genesis 11 and 29, let's go ahead and I'll read uh, in your hearing. And Abram uh, and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. The name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, uh, the father of Milcah, and the father of uh, Iscah. Verse 30, but Sarai was barren. She had no child. Amen. Uh, get it in your little brain tonight. Let's lock that one in. Uh, and we know it well that Sarai was barren. All right, let's go down to chapter number 12. We're still going to be in Genesis. And just a heads up, keep those Bibles out and open because <laughs> we are going to be reading quite a bit tonight. Amen. Uh, we're going to go through the journey together. Amen. Let's stick with the word of the Lord. It is, it is our best teacher. So Genesis chapter number 12, let's go now to verses number one through four. I'm going to slow down, telling myself, slow down a little bit. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4. Uh, now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. Verse 3. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Verse number four. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old. Somebody say to yourself, 75 years old. When he departed out of Haran, 75 years old. So here in chapter number 12, and these verses that we just read, verses 1 through 4, is where we read God's promise to Abram. And what is so significant, don't forget that we just read in chapter number 11, um, and verse number 30, the scripture clearly states that Sarai is barren. Hallelujah. But here we, re we read that he is going to make of Abram a great nation. So Abram uh, receives this word from the Lord, and he goes about his way. Um, he goes on his way with Lot, the scripture tells us. Uh, him and Lot proceed to go 
on their way, all right? Um, so just remember that in spite of Sarai's barrenness, God makes a promise. So if you could just take that word for yourself tonight, that in spite of whatever barrenness you may be experiencing, that God will still make and keep a promise. All right, let's drop down now to chapter number 12, verse number 7. Uh, let me read this one. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. So they go on their way home in Lot, remember? Um, and they uh, come down uh, to the land, and he says, On this land, upon this land, I'm sorry, let me go back and read it correctly. All right, um, they're going to Canaan. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. So the land was not his. It was not his to have. It was already owned uh, by someone else. But there Abram stopped and built his altar to the Lord. Remember that we're talking about a journey through faith tonight. And one thing that I think all of us know and understand about Abraham um, uh, in this place in the Bible, he's still Abram, but one thing that we know and understand about Abraham, uh, one thing that I think everybody would know him to be is the father of faith. So what we're going to do tonight is take a little bit of journey through his life. Amen? How did he arrive there? Uh, uh, when did he start? Everybody gets a start. And that's what's so important for all of us to know and understand, that you have to start somewhere. Amen? Uh, he, didn't, he wasn't born the father of faith. Amen? But what happened is he began to have some experiences with the Lord where he allowed faith to dictate and lead his life. And what is important for us to learn is exactly like Abram was able to take some faith without the infilling of the Holy Ghost and use it for miraculous things to happen in his life, how much more us, amen? How much more uh, you sitting here tonight being spirit-filled with the Holy Ghost, how much more us. Amen. So we're going to walk this journey through faith tonight. So uh, so in verse number seven, everything will be sounding pretty good now at this point. God has made some promises. Um, he's made, now we're getting to um, uh, really good promises. You know, you're going to bless my seed. Remember when he left, he was 75 years old and Sarai was barren. So I had to feel really good to hear that his seed is going to be blessed. Amen? You will start to feel encouraged. Um, You'll be like, okay, I see. The Lord is about to do some things for me. And I think many of us, many of us have experienced times like that in our life. I know I have. Uh, if you have, go on and raise your hand, wherever you are. I have experienced some things like that in my life. We feel like the Lord spoke a word to me. I feel so good. I feel encouraged. I'm shouting up and down the pews. I know he spoke to me. Amen. I feel it. Yeah. You, you just feel a lifting in your spirit and you rejoice and we're anointed. And what happens with some of us, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but what happens with some of us is when that word doesn't come to immediate flourishing, we start to have a little bit of problem. 
Amen. That's when the, the problems start to kick in. It's when God speaks a word. I feel the word confirmed in my spirit. Not only that, I'll take you even a step further. I've had it confirmed where somebody will get up and testify and say exactly what the Lord speaks to me. The same Sunday, somebody will sing a song that confirms the word he speaks to me again. Then the preacher will get up and preach and triple confirm the word that he spoke to me. So I feel confident. I know what God said. So right now, tomorrow, I'm looking for the blessing. And then what happens is tomorrow happens and next week and next month and three months and six months and next year happens. Amen. And the promise still hasn't been fulfilled. But what is important for us to understand and know about faith is that it does not have a time limit. Amen. If I have faith and I take it and I believe God that there is no expiration date on my faith. Amen. God, if you have faith and you have locked into the God that you serve, then you take that faith and carry it with you for the rest of your life. Amen. That, that's what we got to lock into. If I really want to lock into understanding faith and I can look at somebody else who I feel like has a lot of faith and then I feel like, oh, I can never be like so-and-so. You know, they, they got all that faith. They just got all the faith. Faith isn't a, a specific blessing that's poured out more on one person than the other. What happens is you have to invest more into it. If you want to get something more out of it, you have to invest more into it. So the person that I can sit there and look at as a person who just has a whole lot of faith, that means that they've had a whole lot of experiences with the Lord, and they have decided to trust him no matter what. The other thing about faith is it means that I don't have a short memory because what happens to us is sometimes we can get short-term memory and we forget how God already brought me out. We forget that he just bought me out of something else a month ago. I forget all of that because my present suffering is so tough that I tend to not look back and remember. But if we could just get Hallelujah, our memories recharged. That would help increase my faith. And I could say, no, no, in the midst of my trial and in the midst of my circumstance, I take a minute and I take a breath and I say, no, I know the God that I serve. I know who I serve. I know what he's done. I know who he is. And I believe him. You take that faith and you allow it to grow. Your faith should grow. As you grow in the Lord, then my faith grows as well. The more I water it, the more I tend to it, the more sunlight that I give it, my faith will grow as well. My son uh, received a little plant from school when he left preschool. And when he got it, it was in one of those little plastic little cups. Um, not even one of the big plastic cups with a little bitty, like little eight ounce clear plastic cheap cups. It was just a little bit of dirt. And uh, out of the top, it was just a little tiny green leaf, not even worth a notice. You wouldn't even notice it. If you was walking down the street, you would step on it because it was so tiny and seemingly so insignificant. And so she sent him home on the last day of school and she said, I, I, I would love to see um, how these plants grow if you take care of it. So I wanted to be a good mother. Me and plants typically don't get along very well at all. I try and I try. But typically, 
I bring death to the plants. Help me, Lord. So I wanted to do well for his plant. This is my baby's plant, and I wanted to do well, and he was very concerned. So we sat it just in a little sunlight, uh, and I think the instructions were that it didn't even need that much care. Just, just put it out, you know, give it a little water, and then replant it. So I knew enough that once it started growing, and it, it, the thing about it, too, I don't even know when it grew. I just looked up one day, and it was a lot taller. Now, all of a sudden, it was tall enough where the, the little sprout was sticking out of the top of the cup. I said, all right, we're doing some things now. And I could see the roots because it was a clear cup. And I could see the roots growing all in there. So it was time to replant. I went out and bought a pot. And me and Jacob replanted his little plant. Um, and then we sat it outside. I noticed that it didn't seem to be flourishing as much. And I realized it probably needs some sun because it was a sunflower. Amen? So we sat it out in the sun. And I want to tell you, it was amazing to watch that thing take off. How that plant ended up growing to be as tall as Jacob uh, was from this tiny little sprout. And that's how our faith is. You know, if you don't nurture it, if you don't care for it, if you don't give it attention, it'll be smashed and die. But if you can give your faith some attention, if you can um, uh, just allow your faith to grow, if you can tell yourself, despite everything, I will believe, then you will see growth in your faith. If you want to know how to be a powerhouse in faith, allow your faith to grow. How, how, how? How do I let it grow? All right? Um, how can you nurture it? Put some prayer on your faith. Amen? Ask the Lord, Lord, help me. Lord, I want to believe. Lord, help, help my unbelief. Help me, Lord. No, Lord, help my belief. Amen? Help my belief, Lord. Help my belief to grow. Uh, what comes with that, the caveat that comes with that, that's where your tests and experiences come in because that's the best grower of faith. Test and experience is like sunshine to faith. That's what's going to make it grow the fastest and the biggest. Unfortunately, we got to go through some things to get that thing to grow. And if you want to know how Abraham been, became the father of faith, that's because he had a whole lot of sunshine was shining down on his faith with his experiences. Amen? Uh, but remember, remember that God sees our greatness despite our failures. Does that mean that Abraham never had a failure? Absolutely not. Because we're going to read about it tonight. Absolutely not. Does that mean he never had a pitfall? Absolutely, quite the opposite. But, and through it all, he maintained that faith and allowed his faith to grow. Even though I stumble and I mess up, I get back on because that's what happened with the plant. You know, there's a few days the Sister Joyce forgot to water said plant. And it looked like it was going, it was out for the count and it was dead. But it was amazing what just water did to that plant. In the course of a day, it would stand right back up straight again. And one time it was flopped all the way over where the head of it was touching the ground because we hadn't had rain in about a week or so. And I forgot about that little plant sitting outside. Went out there, poured some water on it. The next time I looked at that thing, it was standing straight up. Allow your faith to grow. Amen. Even when it looks like it's dying, don't leave it there dead. Revive it. Revive your faith. Tell yourself, I will believe, I will believe, I will believe the word of the Lord. All right, so let's go back to Abraham 
let's look at him here. Uh, let's see what I just read to you last. We're in chapter number 12. I think I just read verse number 7 to you. Give me a second. I'm going to flip my pages accidentally. Okay. Let's go back. All right. So, uh... What happened to Abraham is exactly what I talked, was just talking to you about. Then the hurdles start to come, all right? So the Lord speaks to him. I read verse number seven to you. We're feeling good. God spoke this word. And now here come the hurdles. And now here is when you have to really nurture that faith. So they're driven to Egypt by a famine. Him and Sarai, there's famine in the land. Then they have to go to Egypt because that's where they can uh, get food and help. All right? So they're driven to Egypt. Here they are uh, in Egypt because there's a famine in the land. And then uh, Abram does something, amen, that uh, we could look at as a waver moment in his faith. So let's turn to 12, chapter number 12, verses 10, verse number 10. And it says, and there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn, to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarai his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Sarah, I know that you're beautiful, is what he's saying to her. Therefore, it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, that thou shall say, This is my wife. Uh, and they will kill me, uh, but they will, uh, I'm sorry, the Egyptians, let's read that one again. Therefore, it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, that thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. So... Uh, what Abraham is saying here to his wife um, as her protector <laughs> is what he's saying to her is, Sarah, this is what I want you to do. We got to go over here to Egypt. You know that you are a good looking woman. You know that you are beautiful. So beautiful, in fact, that I believe that these men will want to kill me so they can save you alive and have you. So this is what we're going to do so that they won't kill me. Just tell them that you are my sister. All right. Now, what the Bible scholar will tell you, or somebody who's a, not even a scholar, but somebody who's reading up of the word will say, well, Sister Joyce, excuse me, actually it wasn't a lie because uh, Sarah was his sister. Uh, she was his half-sister, amen? Uh, and so somebody would say that, you know, well, technically, well, I looked up, I knew the definition of the word lie, but I wanted to make doubly sure, so looked it up today in a couple different dictionaries, and a lie, as you know, y'all can probably say the definition with me, a lie is the intent to deceive. My intent is to deceive you. If my intent is to deceive you, I'm lying. Abram's clear intent was to deceive. That's what turns it into the lie. I want to deceive that. That is his wife first, and he knew it, and she knew it. That's my wife first and foremost, but the intent was to deceive. Now, that's the other thing that I have to tell us and help us with tonight, and I'm being helped in this as well, is that 
when God has his hand on you and God is going to bless you, we don't have to massage anything, do anything that's slightly undercover, slightly uh, 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 dishonest to get our blessing to go through. Absolutely not. When God is going to bless us, it's going to be on the up and up. Let me tell you about my experience I had just this week. Okay, thank you, Lord. Maybe that's why I had this experience, so I can share it with you. I was out um, shopping this week, and I was, I'm going to tell y'all my whole story. Y'all going to hear it. I was out shopping this week, and I was at Kohl's, and uh, when you spend a certain amount of money, you get Kohl's cash. So I had spent my amount of money, and I had earned like $20 Kohl's cash uh, uh, for my purchase. Yay! So $23, right, to spend the next time that I go to Kohl's. Now, my husband, we won't get into that, he would say it ain't, it ain't no savings when you had to spend money to get it. But I was already buying something anyway, sisters. Amen. I was already buying it anyway, so it was a savings. So um, I got my Kohl's cash, uh, but once I got the item, I am a person who likes to try things out. So I will lay something down with the tags on it. Got to try it out for a few days, make sure I like it. You know, half the time I take it back. So in this particular instance, I decided to take my purchase back. So now, mind you, I was going to buy something else at Kohl's. And I had my Kohl's cash. And they've gotten fancy now where it's electronic. So when you return it, they'll either reimburse you for your Kohl's cash. They'll put more money on your account if you return an item. Or they'll take it away if you earn Kohl's cash that now you are returning. I wasn't quite sure, but I was pretty sure if I return these items, they're going to take my $20 away. Right? So it came to me, before I return the items, I'll go online and I'll buy something else. Things like that. That, that is what we have to be so careful of. Boy, this flesh always wants to go down some dark path over some cold cash. Absolutely not. I told myself, absolutely not. You're going to be right and you're going to be fair. You're going to take this stuff back to the store. You will not spend this money. Now, if they let you keep it, then it's yours to keep. But you're going to take this stuff back, and if you had to return this $20, we're not going to risk being an honest person over $20 in Kohl's cash. But that's the kind of stuff we have to be so careful of. It's when we do things like that over and over and over to the point where I convince myself that this is the fair and right thing to do. I have convinced myself that, oh, it's just this little thing. Oh, it's just, oh, it's just Kohl's cash. I'm still saved and sanctified and going to teach Bible class on Tuesday. Absolutely not. I have to have some integrity. If you walk in with God, integrity comes with the Holy Ghost. And integrity and your Holy Ghost, your spirit will speak to me. That's why I felt a little bad about it, because my Holy Ghost began to speak to me. I had the items, some items in my cart. Uh, I was going to purchase some. And it came to me, don't, don't do that. Just do the right thing. It's $20. God has blessed. He will give me $20. Amen. You don't have to do things like that. Uh, is and when we do those things repeatedly, that's when we start to deteriorate our faith. Those are the things that chip away at us being a, a, a really a stand-up person for God. It's these moves like Abraham's making, these moves like I almost made um, this week, um, where you just do these little things that begin to chip away at your integrity. I want to encourage you tonight that it's not worth it. 
It is not worth it. Be who God has you to be. Don't, if you're going to get a blessing, it's not going to be in a way that you have to be slightly dishonest about it. Amen? Amen. I hear y'all saying amen to me. Amen. So Abram does this. He tells Sarai, but we understand because we read the definition of lie, and we understand that this is an untruth. So she does it. She follows along with the plan of her husband, and she does it. Well, and exactly what he said would happen, happened. When they saw Sarai, who had to be, Abraham was 75. So, I mean, she was up in age. I mean, she must have just been, Sarai had it going on, all right? So, when they saw her, they took her, they knew that she was a woman Pharaoh would want. So, she didn't even, they took her to Pharaoh, amen? So, what happens then is that the Lord, in verse number 17, it says that the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Um, God will always look out for you. Even when somebody else puts you in a precarious situation, this is a side note, when somebody puts you in a precarious situation that you didn't really have nothing to do with, God will look out for you. Hallelujah. That's a side note for you. Hallelujah. And God looked out for Sarai. He plagues Pharaoh's house to the point where like Pharaoh is like, what in the world is going on? Um, and so he called Abram. He said, I didn't have no problems till this woman came in. So verse 18. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is it that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou tell me she why didn't you tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she was my sister? Um, and that I might have taken her to me to wife. Now therefore, behold thy wife, take her and go thy way. <laughs> take her. Get her out of here. Y'all gone. All right. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife, and all that he had. And what I didn't read was verse 16 was all the gifts that he gave Abram um, on his way on out the door. Take all this. Pharaoh wants to make it right. Y'all got to go. Um, he even gave him oxen, and he asses, and men servants, and maid servants, and she asses, and camels. Take all this, and y'all go on y'all's way. God will look out for you. That's why we're saying earlier, even in dis despite, that's why um, he sees the greatness in you, um, despite your own failures. So despite the fact that uh, Abram slipped up here, God saw greatness in him still and made a way for them to escape. Amen. With the temptation, he will make the way of escape for you. All right, so beautiful, beautiful passage of Scripture here. So then let's all keep on going. Let's keep talking about Abram. Um, so now he gets through that, and he returns back to Canaan. Um, amen. And uh, he's feeling good again. We made it out. We, uh, we had a little fire, a little test, a little trial. But we made it out of that, and here we go. And so now what happens is... Him and Lot are back in Canaan. I want you to read the scripture for yourself if you want to be chapter 13. I'm going to summarize it for you. They go back to Canaan, and they, their servants start having some infighting amongst each other. You know, they can't get along. Uh, they're arguing and fussing and fighting, and Abraham and Lot decide, okay, we need to separate these groups. You know, uh, you know, the Lot servants having a problem with Abram's servants and back and forth and a whole lot of chaos. Yeah, not how we like to do. So it's a lot of chaos going on, so they decide to separate. So 
Abram gives Lot, as you know the story, Abram gives Lot first dibs. They go out and they look out onto the land and he asks Lot, where would you like to go? You go east, I'll go west. You go north, I'll go whatever you take. I'll take the other, okay? And so, of course, you know that Lot picks the more bountiful-looking land, amen? Everything that glimmers is not gold, all right? Say it to yourself. Everything that glimmers is not gold, all right? And so, Lot takes the best-looking land, which we know ends up being Sodom, as of Sodom and Gomorrah, but he takes that and he goes uh, to Sodom, and then Abram goes the other way. So let's drop down in your Bible, if you would with me, please, to chapter 13, verse number uh, 14. Hold on, did I script? Oh, yeah. Um, in verse number 14, and don't forget in chapter number 13, one thing I didn't mention in verse number four, he goes back to that altar that he had built to the Lord before. I don't want you to forget about that. That's where we are. And so in verse number 14, let's go and read this. And the Lord said unto Abram, after Lot was separated from him, after he got Abram by himself. So a separation has to happen sometimes. Sometimes, you know, we get separated from our family members and, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Sometimes things happen that can hurt us, and you don't understand why it has to be this way. But saints and friends, sometimes separation has to happen so God can get you by yourself and speak a word directly for you because you are the one ready to hear it. Maybe your family member, your close friend, they're not ready to go where God wants to take you. So don't always look at these things as a woe is me experience, but look at it as, oh, God wants to take me higher. God wants to do something for me. So he separates these men. These men have to separate. And when Abram gets by himself, then this is what God speaks to Abram. Not Abram and Lot. The word is not for Lot. The word is for Abram. We always want to carry somebody with us. And perhaps that's not where, that's, perhaps that's why you're not where you want to be yet in God because you're so busy trying to carry a whole bunch of folks with you. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help me, Lord, to know when I'm supposed to leave things alone. Amen? I'm not telling you not to love. I'm not telling you not to be kind. I'm not telling you not to be fair and loving to your family members and your friends. All that is great and good and wonderful. But when God has a mission for you and the person next to you is constantly bucking up against and kicking against the pricks, maybe it's time for you to go off by yourself and listen to the voice of the Lord for yourself. Amen? So God is speaking to Abram. And he says this, verse 14, And the Lord said unto Abram after that lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes. Now this is the more, remember, this is the less, the less, um, uh, desirable land that Abram ended up with. Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. Verse 15, for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. Now, mind you, this is the man whose wife is barren. I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then he shall say thy seed also can't be numbered. That's what I'm going to do for you 
Abram. Hallelujah. After I got you separated, hallelujah, and I can speak a word to you, this is the word that I want you to know. All right. So, woo, we feeling good. If you Abram, hallelujah, I feel good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will be feeling really, really good, really confident in the Lord. Look at what the Lord is doing for me. I feel his presence. I feel him speaking to me. Amen. All right. <laughs> but then we got hurdles. We got hurdles all along the way. So now we come to chapter number 14, and a battle ensues. A battle ensues here amongst the kings of the land, all right? We got about eight kings going up against each other, um, and Sodom and Gomorrah are one of those lands. So they get defeated. As you read through, read it for yourself, chapter number 14, read down like 1 through 12. What happens is that Sodom and Gomorrah get defeated. They're one of the defeated lands that get overtaken. Well, remember that Lot, Lot is over there in Sodom. That was the land that he picked, remember? So when all the people get taken away, carried off captive, Lot gets carried off captive with the captives. All right. So now Lot is gone. All right. And that is where we're going to pick it up in chapter number 14, uh, verse number 13. Let's go ahead and read there, if you will, please. Verse number 13. And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite brother of Eschol and the brother of Anar. And these were confederate with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother, referring to Lot, was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. Now, he doesn't have a seed in his house yet, but the Lord has allowed his house to flourish. He has allowed many children to be born up under his patronage. Amen. And so it's these servants, these trained servants that are going out. We're going, we about to go get a lot. Woo, I was like, all right, Abraham. But I didn't know this side of Abraham. So he goes to go rescue Lot. And verse number 15. So we're now we're in 14 and 15. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants by night, and smote them and pursued and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he broke, I'm sorry, and he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. Abraham and his servants went over there and handled business. Do you hear me? They went over there and handled business. They went over there. Not only did they get Lot back, they got all the goods <laughs> that were taken from Sodom, everything, Got Lot and all his goods, got all the women, everything that was taken and stolen. They not only just went on there on a single rescue mission, they got it all back. Amen. They went and got everything back. So then you drop down, and this is where you pick it up, where Abram gets his blessing from. Uh, uh, Melchizedek, he gets his blessing here in, these, in the 14th chapter. And then as you move on further on down the scripture here um, to verse number uh, 21, we're going to read about uh, Abraham, how unselfish uh, Abraham was. And the scripture tells us this um, in verse number 21. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, 
Give me thy persons and take the goods to thyself. So Abraham, Abram, excuse me, Abram, you take all the, give me all my people back and you can take all the spoils. All the spoils are yours. Thank you, thank you so much for what you've done. He's thinking he's doing Abram a service. Just give me my people back. You take all the spoils. The spoils are yours. And verse number 22, Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven, Oshia, and earth, that I will not take from thee, that, that I will not take from a thread, a thread, even a shoe latchet, um, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, that, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abram rich. I'm not going to take nothing from you, King of Sodom. Thank you for your offer. I don't want none of your stuff. Because if I take your stuff, I don't want you to have the right or authority to say that you made me rich. Hallelujah. All my blessings come from God. I don't need nothing from you. Now, look at the integrity shift. I want you to look at how the integrity has shifted in this man. His integrity has changed. Uh, here, remember this is the same man that left his wife. Now, say, you my sister. Say, my, you my sister. Now, the same man, I don't need your stuff. I don't want your stuff. I don't even need it a deceitful way. It wouldn't have even been necessarily deceitful. But Abram did not want any, any credit. To go to anybody but God. Look at these characteristics. These things, saints of God, are not for superheroes that we read about in the Bible. These things are obtainable for each and every one of us. They are obtainable for you and they are obtainable for me. Amen. It's all about choices. That's all it is. We make choices. We make choices, and the more choice I make to be invested in something, to be involved in something, to learn something, the more I grow. And that's what Abram is doing here. He says, I don't, I don't want any of this stuff because I want all the credit to go to God. Amen? Amen. Look, I say amen. I'm saying amen for y'all, all right? All right. Let's keep on moving down uh, in our scriptures here. Now we're going to chapter number... 15. Give you a second to, to turn with me here. Uh, chapter number 15. Uh, the Lord is going to make another promise here to Abram. All right? In chapter number 15. So let's read. Drop down to verses 4 through 6 with me. And behold... The word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be in the... Oh, let me... Before I read the scripture, I should uh, set it up a little bit for you. So here in chapter number 15, remember we're feeling good. We're feeling on a high. But Abram realizes that my wife is still barren. I still don't have a seed. Lord, you keep making me all these promises. Um, like he says... In 15 and 1, I wasn't planning on reading this, but let's go there. 15 and 1. After these things, the word of the Lord. So right after all the battle and uh, the kings and getting Lot back and the blessing from Melchizedek and um, uh, him turning down uh, the king of Sodom, not taking the spoils. This is right after all of this. Um, verse number 1 and 15. 
After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield, thy exceeding great reward. So, you know, we read that, that sounds so good. But to Abram, he was having a little bit of struggle. Yes, Lord, I understand. Lord, you tell me, I hear your word, I hear what you're saying to me, uh, but I still, my seed, I, I, my wife still is barren. We, we don't have any children. So, Lord, it's what you want me to do. Do you want me to take my servant? Do you want me to adopt my servant? And I can make my servant Eleazar. Maybe that's what you want me to do. Make my servant Eleazar my heir. And that's how my seed is going to be blessed, anointed. Because, see, this is what we do, isn't it? The Lord speaks a word to you. You don't see the word come to pass. So then we start making up ways to help the Lord. We start making up little directions that he could come. What I have learned about the Lord our God, hallelujah, in my years walking with the Lord, which now are 32, amen? Um, it'll be 32 years this year walking with the Lord, a good amount of time, amen? Walking with the Lord. And what I have learned is he never comes the way I think he's going to come. So us trying to sit here and figure out and help God, who are we? to try to help God. But I understand what Abram's doing here because I've done it myself many times. It's like, Lord, I hear you speak a word, but with my finite mind, I can only come up with these options. It could only happen this way, that way, or this way. It couldn't happen any other way, right? Y'all know I'm a person of example, so let me give you another one uh, that just dropped in my spirit. Um, this year we had, had some things come up, you know, financially and my, my savings account took a, a hit, but I'm not down about that at all because did you hear it? I said my savings account saints hit, took a hit. So that means I had some money. The Lord blessed us to have some, a little bit of money saved up. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but it took a hit. We had some things come up here and there and it had taken a hit, uh, this year. So, uh, at the end of the year, I think it was maybe... Uh, New Year's Eve is actually, I think it was December 31st. I might have to confirm with my husband. I was talking to the Lord. I'm telling you the truth, how it happened. I'm talking to the Lord. My husband's at work. My husband was at work. I'm talking to the Lord, just not praying, just talking. I was doing stuff, just talking to the Lord in my mind. I said, Lord, you know what? I want to thank you for all that you've done for us. I was really thanking the Lord for all that he had already done for us. I said, but Lord, you done got me spoiled. You know, I said, I'm, you hitting me with all these blessings, you know, here and there and there, you know, just these little uh, financial drops out of nowhere that I wouldn't expect at all. Uh, they just come out of nowhere. I'm literally saying this to the Lord. Um, no more, I don't even think an hour had passed. I don't even think an hour had passed. And I looked down, and I saw an email forwarded from my husband. Uh, so what I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I sure, would, I sure would like a little financial bonus at the end of the year. That sure would be nice. That, that's what I tell the Lord. Not even an hour passes. I look down, and I see an email forwarded from my husband. And the email says... In uh, the subject line was the word bonus. Now, I was uh, in the midst of some saints. I, I, I had to lose focus for a second. <laughs> it's 
start scrolling. It was a, a relatively long email, but it was thanking them uh, on his job, thanking them for what they had done this year and, you know, blah, 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 and all these nice words. But on the last sentence of the line, I don't think my husband would mind me sharing. On the last sentence of the line, it said, we want to give you all a bonus. And I'll just say it was uh, in the thousands of dollars. Hallelujah. Out, uh, I just said to the Lord, Lord, oh, hallelujah. I just said to the Lord, Lord, it sure be nice if you could give me a financial blessing. Not even an hour later. Do you think that's a coincidence? Absolutely not. Hallelujah. When you grow in the Lord and you stay with him, you watch and see what God does. He hears our cries. It wasn't even about the money. The money is lovely and nice and great and fantastic. And I thank the Lord for it and it's already gone. Hallelujah. But it's despite that, it's despite that, Lord, you hear me. He hears us. And listen right now in these scriptures where he hears Abram. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? Where you, wherever you are, y'all need to just give God a hand, praise. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? So he's telling the Lord, he's poor, like I did to the Lord. You know, he's telling the Lord his woes. But Lord, I still don't have an heir, so maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. I told the story I just told you because I said it never comes the way that we think it'll come. Never even thought it would come from some random email from his job on the last day of the year. Never crossed my mind that that's how the Lord would bless me. He can do anything. So um, the scripture says here that, um, so he's going out to the Lord and his woes. So then we go down to verse number four in chapter 15. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, this shall not be thine heir. No, Abram, it's not Eleazar. This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth from thy bowels, from you, I want you to know it's going to be from you, shall be thine own heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Now, Abram, I want you to look up. Hallelujah. Come out here in the vastness and look up. Abram looks up, hallelujah, and said, look down toward the heaven and tell the stars if thou art be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Oh, hallelujah. But I want you to lock in, dear saint of God. Get your eyeballs focused on verse number six. And he believed in the Lord and counted it to him for righteousness. God spoke. Abram believed. How do I grow my faith? How do I become uh, deeper in Christ and higher in Christ? You got to believe. God spoke to him. God spoke to him a word that he couldn't figure out. He's already coming up with solutions and ways that God can do this blessing for him. Well, maybe it'll be Eleazar. Okay, Lord, uh, let's do that route. That'll be good with me, Lord. Well, we can do that. Not what I wanted. So God stopped him and got him straight. No, Abram, I want to tell you, it's going to come from your bowels. Hallelujah. What I want you to realize in these scriptures, Abram didn't stop and question God. 
ask him a whole bunch of questions. Number one being, how's that going to be, Lord, when Sarah's barren? She's been barren for years and years. We, we, up, we getting up there now, right? We in our 80s and 90s now. How in the world is that going to happen? He didn't ask God a question. God spoke it, and he believed. That's how we grow our faith. It's a blind faith. It's, Lord, whatever you say to me, because you said it, because the words come out of your mouth, then I'm going to believe it. Have you ever done that with children or see it with children, like the faith that children have? You can tell them anything. They just believe you because you say it. There's been times my husband will be teasing with them or messing with our children and saying all kind of crazy stuff. They just believe it because it came from their father, and I believe you. That's how we need to trust God. God, you speak, and because the word came from you, I will believe. I believe it because it came from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He got it down his spirit. The scripture says, and he believed the Lord. This is a turning point. This is a turning point in Abram's walk with the Lord. Is he going to falter again? Yeah. We're going to read about it. Yeah. He's going to falter again. A hallelujah. But he believes God. And that's what we have to have. It's the faith that you have to have in God that God is going to work this out. And I believe him in spite of my circumstance, in spite of what's going on in my life. All right? So Abram's locked in. He believes God. Oh, but here we go. We're going to have some hiccups uh, here again. And so um, then the Lord, in the midst of this, he prophesies to Abraham and tells him about Israel's bondage, of course, that we know about when he does increase his sleeve his seed, how they're going to be carried off to Egypt, and we know that. Um, He tells him all that in chapter number uh, 15, and then we get down to chapter number 16, all right? And we're going to talk about Sarai, his wife, and Hagar. So God makes this covenant with Abram again, renews it again over and over. Uh, Obviously, he's sharing this with his wife, so Abram tried to help his way. Now, Sarai is going to try to help her way. I'm going to summarize it for you because I believe most of you are already very very familiar with it. Um, So uh, Sarai decides that she's going to help God in her way. And her way to help God is to take Hagar, her servant, okay, uh, honey, so here's what we're going to do. This must be what the Lord wants us to do. Since I'm still barren, you and Hagar, uh, I will allow you, you be with Hagar, and um, that's how the Lord is going to grow our seed. Um, she'll have the baby, and that'll be the baby that I'll take and we'll raise, and this will be our child, and that's how God is going to do this thing. Be careful how you help the Lord. He does not need our help. And because he doesn't tell you every detail of his plan, does not, and because some things he allows to happen, doesn't mean that that was his plan for you. So we're doing all these things and making all these plans and doing all these things. This is not what God had planned. This is what they planned. So, of course, as you all know, it has a tumultuous uh, end to that little story as uh, Ishmael is born. And then, of course, uh, Hagar starts to get a little, you know, confident and feeling better. You know, uh, her, her, her uh, 
her self-esteem grows by 10 million, you know, and she's feeling better than Sarai now. And, you know, it caused a whole lot of problems down to them when, when, the, when God did do what he did, down to them getting kicked out of the camp, all because of some plan we came, you came up with. So as the story goes on, uh, you know it. Uh, uh, we're going to drop down again to where God does this thing uh, for Abram and Sarai. All right. And chapter number 18, uh, the Lord visits uh, Abram again. Uh, he speaks to him in chapter number 18, uh, and he tells him, uh, he's going to make Sarai the promise. He's already made it to Abram, so he's going to make the promise to Sarai here in chapter number 18. Give me just a second here. Let me go back through my notes here in just one quick second. I'm trying to speed it up for y'all. Uh, 15 through 19. Somebody at home say, take it down. That's what they're saying to me. Uh, so, oh, I do want to point out that here we're going to have some name changes. I glossed over in chapter number 17. Um, Abram's name gets changed to Abraham in verse number 5 in chapter number 17. Sarai's name gets, gets changed to Sarah in verse number 17. Uh, and then here we have where the angel of the Lord uh, speaks to Abram and, you know, Sarah laughs. All these things happen uh, has happened before we get to this point. Uh, but now God is doing this thing for them, all right? And in chapter number 18, Sarah is then promised a son. Uh, if you read there through in verses number 9 through 15, um, uh, that's where she is promised. The, the promise is made to her directly, all right? Um, and we know that God is going to do what he is going to do. So now, go with me. Uh, that we've discussed that. Now go with me to chapter number 20. Uh, chapter number 20. So remember I said we have our rises and then we start to have some failures. But remember what we keep saying is God sees greatness in you despite your failures. Despite. Despite your failures. He still sees greatness in you. There's still potential in you. Just like my sunflower that was all the way dead, but all it took was a little water to bring it back to life, he sees greatness in you. And what you have to not do is allow yourself to stay dead. You know, when you have a failure and you have a problem, uh, the enemy is to listen to the voice of the enemy and feel like, well, I'm a failure now. I'm just going to quit. Absolutely not. You have to keep going. You got to keep believing. You'll never get better if you don't keep going. Even if you have failures and problems along the way, you got to keep going and keep moving. So here we come to another pitfall in chapter number 20. Abram, uh, now Abraham, now I can finally call him Abraham. Abraham and Abimelech. And this should be familiar to you as well. Here they are journeying again, he and his wife, um, and they come uh, south of the country and dwell between Kadesh and Shur and sojourn in Gerar in chapter number 20. Excuse me, please. And then so we see here, 
Let's go to uh, verses number one through seven. Let me read those to you. And Abram journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shore and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, uh, she, uh, and Abraham said of Sarah, excuse me. Here we go again, y'all. Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. Um, and Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. All right. That's what he says. All right. I mean, Sarah, you go, girl. <laughs> Sarah's good and old. But okay. But he took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech. Check this out. Look at the God we serve. Look how he's always looking out for you. This is what I want you to keep in your mind as I read this. I will never, ever forget because this is how good my God is to me. I was in my teenage years, um, very young in the Lord, in my teenage years. And those teenage years are tough. And it took me to get all the way to probably my 30s almost, uh, late 20s, before I could say that I had experienced a test worse than high school. That's how tough these teenage years can be. Being uh, saved and in high school and in college, that, it, that's no easy, light, breezy thing. It can be very difficult. In so much, like I said, I was in my late 20s before I could say that that was the, uh, I had a test that was harder than that. Now, now I have had many, much harder since then. But up until that point, I mean, that's just how difficult it is. And I was going through that time in my life and it's just tough, and Satan's fighting you, and your flesh is fighting you, and I just remember being at home and feeling like, uh, this is it. Now, I, I can't do this no more. You know, I, I just don't, I, I don't think I can be saved anymore. You know, I wish I had that testimony. I think Bishop has it and a few other people that I've heard say that down through the years, but I guess we all have to have different experiences that I've heard them say they never... Uh, uh, have been thought about backsliding or wanted to go that way. I wish I had that testimony, but I don't, you know. Um, and so I found myself in that state and feeling like that, that, you know, I think I'm just going to walk away from the Lord. I don't think I could be saved uh, anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. At home, uh, living with my parents, young, teenager in high school, and the phone rings, and it was for me, and I got on the phone, and of all people in America, that it could be calling me, it was Bishop Gary Elbert. Had never called me before in my life. <laughs> Had never called me. I didn't know what was happening. But let me tell y'all the truth that happened. I said, hello, and is Bishop on the phone? He said, Joyce, Joyce, uh, I just had to call you and check on you. Hallelujah. You was on my mind so heavy. And I just wanted to encourage you. <laughs> To keep walking with the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, I didn't expect that. <laughs> to keep walking with the Lord. I was blown away. Hallelujah. That the God of my salvation cared so much for me. Hallelujah. That he was in the pastor to call me randomly out of the blue and that he obeyed and listened and called me right when I was in my deepest darkest point hallelujah to let me know God is letting me know I love you I care about you I'm here tonight to let you know God loves you God cares about you don't you walk away from the Lord hallelujah Woo. so here Abram is Abraham is 
And just because you have failure, hallelujah, God still sees your greatness. And because he's having a failure right now, God maintained the greatness he had for Abraham. So Abraham is here, and here he is telling this same lie again, you know, that Sarah's my sister. But because God loves him so much and loves Sarah so much, he made a way of escape. And I remember one time the pastor preached a message again years and years and years ago, probably in my 20s. And I remember him saying something that I never forget. He said, you have to jump over hurdles. Hallelujah. You have to swim through trenches, jump over fences to backslide. God will keep throwing up barriers. And you got to do some crazy stuff to get out of this thing. That means, and this is what, this is a good example of that. That even when you're messing up and you're making wrong choices, that look at God, look at what God is doing for Abraham and his wife. That even though here he is again, after all we've been through Abraham, y'all, we just read, we, we chapters in now. We all the way to chapter 20. And we still doing stuff we was doing back in chapter 14, 15. But here we are sometimes, sometimes we have setbacks of our own flourishing, 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 right? Sometimes we have our own setbacks, but God is a God of love and care, and he will make another way of escape for you. So here we are again with another king that has taken Sarah, and this time Pharaoh, oh no, Abimelech, I'm sorry. This time Abimelech, uh, well, hold on, where am I? I lost my place now. I got an emotional, Abimelech, um, but here we are again. And so uh, he says this. So what happened? Where am I? I was reading. Um, here we go. Whew, I love this. Verse 3. All that that I just got to saying is for verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. This is how much God loved Abraham. God loved Sarah. He didn't go, I have to go through them to fix it. He went straight to Abimelech. Abimelech, you a dead man. If you are with Sarah. Now, Abimelech is innocent. He had no clue. It ain't like he took this man's wife. He had no clue. So God knew he didn't have a clue. That's why he decided to give him a warning. Sometimes, you know, I have known with my children. Sometimes I know you're not being intentionally, um, doing something intentionally that is wrong, but I'm telling you, I still give you the same warning so that I can teach you what you're doing is wrong. And if you fix it, judgment won't come. So that's what God is doing here. So he says, verse four, but Abimelech had not come near her, thank the Lord. And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Uh, said he not unto me, she is my sister, Lord. He said it. He said she, she was his sister. And she even and herself said, he is my brother in the integrity of my heart and the innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him, this is God in Abimelech, and God said unto him in a dream, yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore, why you think you didn't go anywhere near her? I kept you. I kept you from her. You know you would already uh, uh, been with that woman. I kept you. Uh, also, I withheld thee from sinning against her uh, against me. Therefore, suffered I thee not to touch her. 
Verse 7. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife. Again, let's do this again. Restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. And he, look at, look at my God. Look what God did. And he shall pray for thee. The one that lied to you, the one that put you in this situation, he's a prophet. I'm going to have him pray you out of it. All right? He will pray for thee, and thou shalt live. Glory. And if thou therefore restore her not, know that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Hallelujah. So Abimelech obviously gets it together. Hallelujah. Uh, gets up and goes to Abraham. Let's drop down to verse number 17. And it says, so Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech uh, and his wife and his maidservants, uh, and they bear children. Verse 18. For the Lord had fast closed up the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So just because of God, God had already made everybody barren. But he had Abraham, the one that caused the situation, to be the one that prayed them out of it. This shows you, dear saint of God, God will use you despite your failure. He sees the greatness in you despite your failures, despite your mistakes. He will keep using you. He will keep helping you. You have to decide to allow yourself to be used by him. Stop counting yourself out. Sometimes we count ourselves out of the race. Don't count yourself out of the race. God will still use you. Hallelujah. One minute. Y'all know I'm a crier. I had to get my little cry out. It affects my sinuses. Amen. It's just my lot in life. Okay, so... Now, now that we know God will use us, amen, despite our failures, now he can use Abraham again, amen. Let's go down to verse, chapter number 21, last, cha well, nope, <laughs> we're getting close. Chapter number 21, I hope y'all still with me. I hope this is good to you. I know we're reading a lot, but we're going through a journey of a whole life. Amen. We're trying to condense it down as much as we can just to hit the highlights. And my prayer is that you can take this example of Abraham and mirror it to your life and see, Lord, where can I come up? How can I grow and how can I be better? Lord, how can you use me now that I know that you'll use me despite my failures? Chapter number uh, 21 uh, verse 1, it says this, uh, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, and at the said time which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son to be born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him Isaac. Let's be specific about that thing, that Sarah bare to him Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac being eight days old, and God commanded him, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, who have said unto Abraham that Sarah would have given children suck. Who would have thought? That's what she's saying. Who would have thought that I would be at the point where I'm nursing a baby, me. Uh, 
for I have borne him as a son, uh, as a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham had made a great feast in the same day that Isaac was weaned. And so there, that's when we fall into trouble. You know, uh, here is what I alluded to earlier with Hagar and Ishmael. Uh, Ishmael teases Isaac uh, on this day, and that's when him and his mother get put out the camp, and a whole nother nation is started up through Ishmael. A whole nother enemy nation is started because of some plan that we came up with. You know, the plans that we come up with have consequences. Help us, Lord, to do what you would have us to do and not a plan that I come up with. All right. Promise delivered, saints. Prayer answered. Woo! Hallelujah. Now, it's time for a test. All right. Chapter number 22, and then we'll be done. Uh, Chapter number 22, uh, it's a lot. Um, Let's start with me with verse number one. We've got a little bit of time. We're going to wrap this up. And it came to pass that after these things, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon the mountains, which I shall tell thee of. That's a stop sign right there for most of us, right? Huh? <laughs> Lord, did I hear you right? Uh-huh. Offer him up for us, a burnt offering? You want me to take the son you just gave me, the one I've been waiting for, the one that is my seed as the stars of the stars and the stars of the sky and the sand of him? That's how a lot of us would respond. Verse 3, and Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for a burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. God speaks. Abraham listened. And, on, and then on the third day, verse 4, then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw a place far off. And Abraham said unto the young men, Abide here with the ass, and me and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, Here here am I. Here am I, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. Glory to the name of Jesus for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, saints. Just use what you got. Even when it looks like God is completely turned against you. Let's be realistic in this situation. If you were Abraham you would feel like God had completely turned against you. But faith says, I'm going to trust you. This looks horrible. This looks like this can't be from you. You can't be telling me this to do. That's how we would feel today. How does Abraham become the father of faith? He had his experiences with God. 
and he trusted him. No matter what it looked like, no matter what it seemed like it's going to be like, I'm about to lose my son. But here we go. There you go. Just trucking up the mountain. Blind faith. Faith is what I can't see. I, I, I believe what I can't see. So here we go. And they, verse 9, and they came to a place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son. Now let's give credit to Isaac, too, because Scripture doesn't tell us Isaac fought against his father and none of that. Okay, Lord, we're going to do what you have us to do. And bound his son and laid him upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Hallelujah. And the angel of the Lord. So Abraham lays out Isaac. He gets him stretched out. He takes the knife. I believe you, Lord, to this point. Do you believe God to, to hear? He takes the knife in his hand to slay his son. His son is laying down as a sacrifice on the altar. And here he goes. He's going for it. And the angel of the Lord called from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham had to call him twice because Abraham was going to do what the Lord told him to do. Abraham, Abraham, wait, wait, wait. Hallelujah. Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto them. For now I know that thou fearest God. Oh, Shia, you want to know why you're being tested so, God, so hard? Why you have to go through so hard? Why it seems like it's you and only you? It's the trying of your faith. God is trying your faith. That's it. But he will save you. He will make a way for you. Trust and believe in him. That's what he wants us to do. Even when it's at the point where it looks like I'm going to lose everything. He wants our choice to be that even though I'll lose everything, I still have you. There's songs. We love to sing all those songs and do all that. If I lost everything, I still have Jesus. That's enough to start over again. Do we really believe it? When my knife is up and I'm going to slay, I, me, not somebody else, not he died in an accident, I killed him. Do I believe God to that point? Well, whatever he tells me to do, I'll do it. That's how we allow our faith to lead our lives. He says to him, uh, here we are in verse number 12, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do anything to him, for now I know that thou fearest God. And thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. Nothing's more important. Now I know that nothing's more important than me. Perhaps that's what God is looking for from you. Is he the most important thing in your life? Uh, do you hold him above everything else? Above your job? Above your children? Above your finances? Above your friends? Above your boyfriend? Above everything, above your mother and your father, above your pastor, above the saints. Do you hold him above everything? And Abraham, verse 13, lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him a ram. Uh, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up a burnt offering uh, in the stead of his son. 
And Abraham called the place Jehovah-Jireh, Hoshiah, as it is said to this day, and the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Hallelujah, saints. Hallelujah. The father of faith, how do you get to become the father of faith? It's a journey. It's a journey. Hallelujah. Our life journey. We have to go on our life's journey through faith. What is your life's journey through faith? Uh, we should take this and really analyze where we are in God, where we are right now in our circumstances, in this world, in this pandemic, in, in your whatever's going on in your life, in the loss of my job, in the loss of my finances, in the loss of my loved ones, in the loss of my health, in the loss of my children. Where, where do I stand with the Lord? Hallelujah. Uh, with our faith comes testing. Glory to the name of Jesus. But look at God's track record. The, the one thing that I would tell you that we can tell, look at Brother Dear Abraham, is to look at God's track record. Take his track record in your life. Look at back what he's already done in your life, how he's made the way, how he's opened the door, how he's never left you. Hallelujah. Even though you may have left him, he never left you. Hallelujah. And I take that track record and I apply it to my life and I say, I can make it. I can serve God. Take God's word with you. Believe God. Believe that he can do it for your life. Take your little faith and grow it. Hallelujah. Amen. Take your faith and grow it. Amen. Take your faith and allow it to grow. Amen. We surely hope that you were able to receive something of the Lord today. We hope that the Lord spoke to your spirit tonight, that you feel, were able to feel his word speaking to you, that you were taken, be able to take and glean this and use it in your life to grow in God. Hallelujah. But we would be remiss if we did not open God's altar, the, the, the altar to you today, the altar at the house of the Lord, uh, the altar where you sit in your home, wherever you're listening, know that the Holy Ghost is for you. Um, it is difficult. Um, uh, what we've talked about tonight, uh, the message was to believers. Uh, uh, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, it, it, it is uh, unfathomable <laughs> to think how you could do these things, how you can make it without the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. So we offer salvation to you today. We offer baptism to you today. The church is closed, but we still offer uh, temporarily. We still, uh, but we still are offering baptisms now. You call the church. I will give you um, that phone number. is 317-293-1972. Uh, agapeapostolicfaith.org is our website. Uh, if you need prayer, if you want to turn your life over to God, over to Christ, we still have ministers that will work with you. We still have a baptismal pool that is operating. Amen. Uh, Christ, we offer Christ to you tonight. Do not hesitate to reach out. Contact us. Amen. Rather, it's via our website, via our telephone number, via Facebook, I even believe. You can reach out to this church and get some assistance on your leading to Christ. That is 317-293-1972. Hallelujah. www.agapeapostolicfaith.org. Uh, uh, reach out to us on either of those avenues. 
and someone will get back in touch with you, we will call you promptly and help you on your way to Christ. Amen. Uh, I hope you're saying amen in your minds. Amen. I hope you're clapping your hands and believing God with us tonight. May God bless you. May he keep you. May heaven smile upon you. Let's end tonight's service in prayer. Let's pray that the Lord will allow us to be hearers and doers of his word. Let's pray that the Lord will allow us to come back together really soon in his name. Amen. Let's pray that God, the God of our salvation, that he will do right. Hallelujah. And he knows you and he will help you. Lord God, we come before you. Thank you and praise you, O God, for your goodness, your tender mercy, your love and kindness, and your grace. We thank you, O God, because you are God and you are God alone. Hallelujah, Lord God, we worship you for this word that you allowed us to hear tonight. Lord God, help us to be hearers and doers. Hallelujah, Lord God, of your word. Help us, O God, on our faith's journey with you. Help us, Lord God, to learn to grow our faith. Hallelujah, Lord God, in you. Hallelujah, Lord God, we want to be powerhouses in you. We want to see in ourselves what you see. Hallelujah, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to see what you see. Hallelujah, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we can go out and do a work that you would have us to do. Lord God, help all those that are sick and afflicted and down in their bodies. All those that have experienced losses, Lord God. All those, hallelujah, Lord God, that need you tonight. The many, many prayer requests that are going up before your name on tonight. Bless every household. Hallelujah, Lord God, under the sound of my voice and abroad. Touch and move as only you can, Lord God. And we'll be careful when you do these things. We'll be careful to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Now, Lord, we ask that you do this, Lord God, for your name's sake. God, I'll shy Do it, oh God, for your name's reputation. Do it, Lord God, because your name is on it, and your name is great. We'll give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In your great name we pray, and the name above every name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. May God bless you and keep you on your journey.